Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all. And I've got my glasses on, I can see you. <laughs> um, no, it's lovely to be in God's house this morning. We are in God's house, and it's so nice to get together and worship and just, you know, shake off the week and remember who the King of Kings is and Lord of our life and realign back. Isn't it good, brothers and sisters? And in Psalm 133, uh, verse 1, it says, How beautiful and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to live in unity together. And I just want you to hold on to that verse this morning because you know what? We are brothers and sisters and we're part of a big family. Big family. How cool is that? We don't just have our immediate family. We've got a bigger family. And we've got Kish and Louise. I'm so excited to see them. They have been a part of our family for many years. And, oh, we love them to bits. And they are so such precious friends. And we're excited to catch up with you <laughs> after the service. So as a family, we've been focusing on our vision. We've been looking at what our vision is. And Stuart opened it up and gave us an amazing context and, and what that looks like for us. And, and then followed by Aaron with the rivers of blessing. What a beautiful, descriptive way of, of just showing how we can all be part of that river of blessing out into the world. It's so, so lovely. And I encourage you to go and read it again because it just is a beautiful piece of writing. Erin, you've got a talent there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Alan was worship last week, focusing on the up. So when we look up, and it's very much the first point of call, isn't it? It's, we look up towards Jesus, towards heaven, fixing our eyes on him and everything else. We start to get good perspective. We start to understand <laughs> it's not about me. <laughs> it's about him. And, you know, the blessing flows from there. And I'm going to talk a lot about flow because I love the flow of God's presence and with that beautiful song. I just love it when Clara sings that. It's so beautiful. And, but the flow of God's presence from heaven through us as a family and out into the world. And it's really important as, for us as a family, and I just want to reiterate that, to get behind this vision we get behind the vision because when we get behind it, we start to get a rhythm, a rhythm of God's heartbeat together. A bit like if you're, if you're training or you're running, you get that pace going. And I really want to encourage you, I don't want to put anybody out of breath, but to get behind this vision where we can strengthen together, where health starts to flourish and we start to grow together. So it's really important. Just think about that strong heartbeat of God pulsing through. And that's what we're going to be, be thinking about today. So together as a family, we're going to move forward. Filled with hope, faith, a strong sense of purpose of where we're going, what we're building, and what we're becoming. Just want to tell you a little story um, to, to provide a wee bit of context. During the rebuilding of St. Paul's Cathedral in 1666, just after the Great Fire of London, Christopher Wren, one of the most highly acclaimed British architects in his time, until Stuart Hanna came along, of course. <laughs> hey. And he, the rebuilding of St. Paul's Cathedral was happening, and he happened to notice three bricklayers 
who were working on the cathedral at the time, and he approached them, and the first one was working in a sluggish state, not much interest, laying one brick on top of the other, just, just doing his job. But the other one was more upright, and he, was, he had a level of pride in his work. And the third one was standing tall, working with speed and precision. And Christopher Wren asked them, what are you doing? And the first one said, I'm laying bricks. And then he just got back to his job and carried on laying one brick on top of the other. The second one said, I'm building a cathedral before returning to the task at hand and getting on with it. And the third one looked up and said, me? And he had a big smile on his face. And he said, I'm building the house of God. What a perspective shift. So different, so different. And that is such an important thing to the perspective of that bigger picture of why we're here this morning. Why we're here. It's lovely to come along to church and meet our friends and, and chat, but there's a bigger picture. We're here building God's kingdom together. We're here laying the foundation of, of God's kingdom and we're building a home for God. So that perspective shift of taking our eyes off ourselves and looking up and knowing it's all about him. That flow of up, in, and out, and understanding that. And I'm going to read this verse, or a couple of verses again, and I keep going back to this and can't really get away from it. And it's from the message version, from Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how, he, how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. I loved it. Lindsay, you said it beautifully. This is our home, and God is quite at home here. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell through us and work through us. His love lives in us. His love is here. His presence is here, and love is central, and love is key in all of this. In all of the parts of the vision, love is the central part of it all because God is love. Jesus is love and flows through us. So the last part of that verse, it says, we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it together. It's love's transforming us and shaping us. It shapes and molds us. And as we offer up a sacrifice of praise and adoration, it flows down and trans transforms us, shaping us and enabling us to share out that love to others around us. Not in a striving way, but in a natural flow that none of us could orchestrate or plan because it's all from him.
Many times in the Bible, we're referred to as the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, with Christ at the head. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27, it says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. All brought together as one, one, such a key word, one. Brought together, new creation, no longer slaves, but free, free to live the life that God designed for us. We're the body with Christ at the head, and he is our, he is our, that's all flows from him. It's not upside down, it's not with the feet at the top, Christ at the head, which flows. That allow, has anyone ever done a headstand? <laughs> it's not good for the the blood flow, not at all. It's designed to be, we're meant to be upright and we're meant to, as a body, look to Jesus as the head so that all parts flow well together. And we're all designed to be connected, connected. We're not, hands not lying over here and a foot over there. It's not going to do anything. It's just going to lie there. Might be a bit stinky as well, to be fair, because <laughs> it's not connected to the body. And um, we need that. We're a living and breathing organism in here. And I want you to feel it this morning, the pulse and the heartbeat of God running through every single person because he made you. And he didn't just give you a physical body, he gave you a spiritual body, which he wants to breathe life into. And I think daily we need to ask God to come and breathe new life into us. It's not just a one-off event that happens when you give your heart to Jesus. It's a daily occurrence, a daily transformation that he wants to come and um, speak into our hearts. We're all connected and united by this love, which is central to who we are. And it's a beautiful thing, and I really love each one of you. I think it's so lovely how we can get together on a Sunday. We're from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, but that Jesus connects us. That love for him and his love for us connects us in such a beautiful, beautiful way. In Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 6, Paul talks about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. So it says in verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all in all. There's that word, one. Oneness again, together in unity under one Father. One Father who loves us all individually and all uniquely. Pause for a water break. So it's so important we stay connected to remain in one 
and in unity together, that we don't go off. And I think as a church, having that flow and that understanding of what we're here for, why we exist, and, and, and get on this journey together. It's so exciting to come together and worship, just like Alan was talking about, and fix our eyes on Jesus and know that he is our king and he has got big plans for our life. And it's not about the small stuff and the stuff that goes on that bogs us down and makes us stressed right through because it's bigger than that, much, much bigger than that. So just like our physical, I'm going to go back to the body, just like our physical body needs love, care, nurture, attention, so do we as a church. Our spiritual lives, we need to stay healthy, thriving, full of life, full of breath, full of the breath of God. So we've been made brand new when we gave our life to the Lord. But this, as I said before, this transformation that takes place is not just a one-off event. It's daily. It's constant. God wants to change us and, and mold us and shape us on an ongoing basis. It's a journey. So the inspiration. Who sees these Instagram posts? This was me before. Belly hanging out. But I don't know. And then you see the one after, like, da-da. <laughs> so we're like, wow, that person's worked hard. They've done amazing. Look how good they look. But the inspiration for us, guys, is Jesus. It's not Joe Wicks. It's Jesus. We want to look to him. What was he like? How did he walk? How did he talk? What, was, what were his attitudes? What did he, how did he treat the poor? How did he... Look to the needy and, and what, what, what was his love like? So we want to be more like Jesus. I'm not saying don't go to the gym and all that. That's great. But we're focusing on our spiritual hearts. We're focusing on us as a church being transformed so that we can strengthen each other and we can build good spiritual muscles together <laughs> so we can all be as effective and um, on fire as we can. So I want to talk about three keys to loving the body and strengthening the body. <laughs> Thinking about Jesus, not Joe Wicks. <laughs> so we want spiritual nutrition, number one. We're going to look at spiritual exercise, number two. And we're going to look at spiritual mentorship. So these are three key ways to focus on. I thought I'd break it down to make it easy to... I like simple, simple, stupid for me. It's all good. So number one, spiritual nutrition. You are what you eat. You know that the overflow from the heart often comes out in the tongue. So you are what you eat. And what are you feeding on? And how are you nurturing and nourishing your body and spiritual body I'm talking about? And the flesh cries out for the cake. The flesh cries out for the Chinese takeaway. The flesh cries out for all these things. And spiritually, we cry out for a lot of stuff that probably isn't doing us much good. And it doesn't make you feel good. At the time, it's like, boom! And then after about five minutes, why did I eat three bars of chocolate? <laughs> and spiritually, it's the same. When we don't spend time in the Word, and we don't spend time with Jesus, and we don't spend time meditating on His Word day and night, we get sluggish. We get fed up, everyone annoys us, and little things bug us, and we start to get bad attitudes rising up. 
So it's so important to get spiritual nutrition. It gives us direction when we look at the Word of God and we can start to see the bigger picture. We start to remember, it's not all about me, it's about, it's about Him. It's about what He created us to, <clears throat> to be. It gives us faith, assurance and hope. And it builds strength for trials <laughs> that come our way. So it's important, you know yourself, if you've not been looking after your body and then suddenly a virus comes and smacks you at the side, you're like, oh, no strength to fight this. I'm so tired. That was me last week. <laughs> so I'm speaking to myself here, giving myself a... But yeah, you need strength to face trials and temptations as well. Those things that raise their ugly head and say, oh, go on, you know you want to. It felt pretty good last time. Go for it again. It's all right. Those things that really actually make you spiritually sick gives you courage. Courage to face each day because you know Jesus is with you and he's beside you and he's fighting your battles. You don't have to do it on your own. And you've got brothers and sisters and people that are there rooting for you and, and cheering you on. Sometimes we need a spiritual detox, cleansing through our, our spirits because we've got so much there. The arteries have clogged and we start to get the pains. It's a bit like that in our spirits. We need a spiritual detox. We need to let the Holy Spirit flush it through with his refreshing water. And it's not because we have to. So all of this in terms of, you know, giving up this and not doing this, and that's not because we have to. It's because God's given us the choice and he's, he's given us, he's saying, this is good for you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to thrive. I don't want you to be stuck and I don't want you to be sick. I want you to thrive just as I made you. He gave us the choice. And he doesn't expect that we're going to transform in one fell swoop. And that's me. Perfect. Yep. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my way. No more of that. And no more of that. It's a process. And it takes patience. And it takes time. It takes encouragement from others. And it takes yeah, people to get alongside us sometimes and give us a, a helping hand. So transformation is becoming more like Jesus every day, looking to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. How can we be more like Jesus? In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, um, yeah, sorry, 12, verses 12 to 27, it says, just as a body, though one, as many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to drink. We all need to stay hydrated. So not just what we're feeding on, it's what we're drinking from, the well of life, the Holy Spirit. We need to drink and drink deeply so that we don't become dried up. <laughs> so the world can go, they look on top form. I want to be like that. <laughs> I don't want to be walking around dried up and parched and looking like I haven't got anything. We need to drink from the well, which is the Spirit of God. 
on a daily basis. So we've looked at spiritual nutrition. Now we're going to look at spiritual exercise. Some people think exercise is like a swear word. (laughs) What? Yeah, it's good. And exercise is something that we have to do to keep the heart pumping. And it can be a walk. I always used to think when I was younger that exercise meant going to the gym, being sweaty and all all that stuff. Otherwise, it wasn't exercise. But a a walk, getting the heart going, exercising, um, yeah, even gentle exercise. But spiritual exercise is what we do, what we do as a body. So not, not just what we eat and what we drink, but what, are we, what do we do on a regular basis to keep us fit spiritually? And just as exercise is important for our physical body, we need to really, really remember our spiritual body because without that, all the rest is pretty useless, to be fair. In the early church in Acts, In Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. It's these things, it's sustenance and it's exercise that keep our eyes focused on who who we belong to, (laughs) who we want to become more like. And these things are important. We're all creatures of habit. Once we get into something, it it's flows, and it does, it flows well. And there's things like, I think this is the most important one, daily surrender in the morning, just coming before God and saying, do you know what, God, this day is yours. I don't know what it's going to bring, but actually, I know that you're in control, and I'm just going to hand it all to you. And all those things that the spiritual Chinese and the spiritual cake and all that stuff can get nailed straight to the cross. It's a realignment, and we talked a bit about that, that posture back to the cross and not forgetting what Jesus did for us, that he took it all, and we don't have to carry it, and we don't have to carry it, but we must do it. We must do it daily. so important to do it daily so that we we can get realigned back and we know um, our hearts are back, realigned to Jesus. Prayer, talking to God, constant, I talk to God in the car, (laughs) doesn't have to be, you know, in that moment when you're on your knees or sometimes I'm just walking the dog, talking to God. We can pray um, in our, just in our daily activities, but prayer and, and devoted prayer as well and just giving him it all and saying, God, I love you. Thank you for what you've done for my life and um, asking him. He wants us to ask him. He's there waiting with open arms, just saying, ask me. I'm your dad. I want, you, want to hear from you. So prayer is so important and I do encourage you to get onto Pioneer Prayer Weekly, Jill and Stuart do an amazing job of hosting that. And corporate prayer is fantastic to get together and hear each other's hearts and really um, join in together. It's such a beautiful thing. Meeting together. We've got life groups. We've got new life groups starting. It's really, really exciting. And life groups, going along to life group and, and just being part of a connected community, a smaller 
offshoot of, of the church, but such a beautiful way of, of developing relationships and getting to know each other, knowing that not everybody's got it together because we can look around and go, oh, they are totally sorted and I'm, I'm not going to say that because I feel really bad. But in a smaller life group setting, it's such a powerful way to be able to share our hearts and get to know Jesus in a much deeper way and growing together and loving others when we look out and reach out that's a so we're going up and we're coming in and we're going out but exercise there we bit aerobics <laughs> but we need to do these things because it reminds that we can get caught up we can get distracted go off on some sort of tangent thinking it's about this and it's about that but we need to remember that these things keep our eyes on jesus and they keep us spiritually fit the last thing I'm going to look at is spiritual mentorship. And there's lots of mentors in the world and coaches and all this sort of thing, but a spiritual mentor. And I'm so excited that Kish and Louise are here because throughout Tim and I's young married life and having young children, Kish and Louise were like a spiritual mum and dad for us. They really were. And they spoke so much wisdom into our life and, and they really encouraged us and helped us on our journey. And we really are thankful for, for Kish and Louise. And there's so many others as well that, that were like them. They genuinely cared and loved us and invested time with us. And there'll be people that you maybe do that for. Or maybe you need someone to do that for you. And it's something to think about. A spiritual mum or dad, someone to nurture you. We all need that spiritually. We've got our physical mums and dads or um, people that we, we go to in the, in the world. But spiritually, we need a spiritual mum and dad. Someone who walks closely with God, has integrity, faith, a story of faith, a story of hope non-judgmental you can go to them with anything because <laughs> they know what it's like and they've been there they're sharing your highs and your lows <sighs> plenty of them in life and just a beautiful relationship so I do encourage you to think about someone that maybe you could go to or maybe someone there is someone that you're maybe doing that naturally and you don't you're not even aware of it but it is such a beautiful relationship and it's strengthening again all of these three things are about strengthening and just building bodybuilding <laughs> without the grotesque image of a bodybuilder <laughs> we're bodybuilding together so a spiritual mother and father is such a beautiful image to have and as a body of believers, I really think it's an important um, fact that all of these things, prayer and meeting together in life groups, if you've got someone that you can go to to encourage you in all of that, even out with your life group, it builds that relationship so much, so much better. So in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's a really amazing verse because we need each other and we need to be open and transparent with one another so that we can sharpen each other. And, and, and it really is um, so important that we, that we have those relationships in our life. And in Titus 2, verses 3 to 4, 
says, older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to too much wine, teaching what is good so they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and love their children. Talking about that, that relationship. So ladies, is there an older woman you could look to that has got the wisdom, the life story, the journey that you could look to and, and, and just come together to and just, you know, learn from, glean from their wisdom and their journey as a, as a believer. You know, the evidence of a life transformed from the inside out is a powerful testimony that no matter what we've done, where we've been, God is more than able to breathe new life. Boom, boom, back again. A wee bit of exercise right there. Thanks, Lindsay. Where was I? Evidence of a life, yes. So, evidence of a life being transformed. So, we need to show evidence of our lives being transformed. You can talk the talk, but we need to walk the walk. Being transformed from the inside out is a powerful testimony that no matter what we have done, where we have been, God is able, more than able, to breathe new life and make us desirable as a body. Make us desirable and attractive, that attractive light in a very dark and messed up world. Why? Only because we're reflecting Jesus and who he is. It's what we are becoming more and more like. So church, as we move together, I think we should commit to God's plan for daily transformation so we can keep in rhythm together, in sync together, in step together with his plans and purposes for our, for our life. In the Bible, we are referred to as the bride of Christ in Revelation, that image of the bride. And I, I love a wedding. Who loves a wedding? I get really emotional <laughs> when that bride, when the bride walks through, I'm just like, oh, turn into mush, the tears roll down, the mascara's all over the place. But it's such a beautiful picture of just, just beauty and grace and and, and just, oh, it's such a picture. And I always, I always think about that verse that says we are the bride of Christ and how it's so important that we really get ready. <laughs> get ready. And most brides before the big day will get on the fitness plan <laughs> to squeeze into that dress of their dreams. And they will eat well and start cutting out cake and start, um, yeah, getting on the treadmill and going to the gym and all of that. And as believers, it's just so important that we feed ourselves well and that we're praying and that we're meeting together and we're doing all of these things that get us ready so that when Jesus returns, 
we're ready. We don't want to be not ready. <laughs> we want to be the one, we want to be the church that's ready. And just as a wider church context, we're all here to build the kingdom of God. This is not just about the Vine Church. It's wider than that. God's bigger than just here. But in our church family, wouldn't it be lovely if we just committed this morning to daily transformation? It doesn't have to be difficult. That's the brilliant thing. It's not like a Joe Wicks 90-day plan. It's about surrendering, asking God to change us and not being scared not holding on to those things, just letting go and letting God. We are his bride. We need to get ready. Have that image in your head of being ready and looking like the best thing since sliced bread. You want to look like that? I do, definitely. So if you can hold a person's hand next to you, to the left and to the right, I just want to pray and seal this together as a as a body, because bodies are connected, remember? We don't want any legs over here and arms over there. We want to be connected. If you're too far away, it's okay. Spiritually, hold out your hand. <laughs> so good, Jessica. Okay. Father, in this atmosphere of your presence, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are our head. Father, that all things flow from you. And Father, we are the hands and the feet. And God, today we commit as a church to walk in your ways, Father, to eat well and to look to you for sustenance and to look for you for um, our health, God, that you would show us ways that um, we, can, we can lay things down, Father, so you have the flow to transform us from the inside out, God, that we could be healthy spiritually, Father, that we could be on fire for you, God, so we could reach out to those around us, not in a striving, stecky way, Father, but we could, we could reach out to those in love and that they would see you shining through us, powerfully God because we have let you come and fill us Father and we thank you for that so as a body of of believers today God I pray that each person here knows that the, their part in this body is as valuable as the next God that you would speak powerfully to them this morning and encourage them that their part is as valuable as the next Father because we all need each other we all need each other to walk this walk. God, I thank you, Father, that you've chosen each one of us beautifully, God, that you chose each one of us before time began, Father, to be part of your kingdom. So, Father, today we commit this to you and we ask you to fill us, God, fill us with fresh, hydrating, Holy Spirit, come and fill every part of us so that we are not dehydrated anymore. God, that we would run. It's time to run. It's time to get running. And we would not be weary and we would not faint, Father, because you give us Father, you give us everything we need, and we do not need to lack anything. Father, for you are more than able, and we are more than conquerors through Christ. So thank you, God, that Christ is our head. Thank you, Jesus, that you reign. God, bless your name. We thank you, Father, for this church. Lord, we ask you to bless it. God, every single person here, Father, bless them. Bless their families. 
and give them hope and a strong sense of purpose this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.